from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Rick Delgado here with the news. Rick Amorati, Scott Sports, Geo Friend, holding it down as always. Glad you're in on a Friday, wrapping up what was a great week. MTG this week over at the America's First Warehouse with David Zier. Great night that on Wednesday. Been a good week. Glad you've been a part of it. Uh, we got lots to do tonight. Rick Delgado, how are you? I am well. How are you? Very good. Very good. I see, um, I see you're, you're you're doing the Magarena with all this stuff on the desk here. Well, it's been there. I don't know. What, <laughs> what, I mean, you just don't pay attention. Uh, I just you know, don't pay attention. Caught up in your own little what even is that world? <laughs> That's, That's true. true. Uh, this stuff's been here every night. So <laughs> slick, Rick. Let me just officially say that was the single. <laughs> worst football game I've ever watched. It was like watching two high schools last night. Not even. Middle school. Was that the worst thing you've ever seen? Yes. Abysmal game and it cost me 2500 so it hurt even more. <laughs> Salt in a wound and we're going to recap that game. Unbelievable. And we got odds makers coming up at the end of the show. Oh, very good. Okay. So hopefully you're going to get Four college and four pro for the weekend. Not this, oh, I picked the Thursday night game, so I'm only picking three. I'm way Nonsense. ahead of you. I got the full month, four okay. and four. Very good. <laughs> All right, so there's some other big stories in sports today. Some interesting going-ons in the NBA. Whoops. Oop, Draymond Green, man, a little oh, problem man. there. Little, little problem. <laughs> that is crazy. We'll get to that as well. But uh, I want, I'm want. i hoping somebody's checked on, um, well, you know, Tua, ta- Tua was in concussion protocol. Yep. And now we have a non-sports uh, concussion protocol. That'd be Mark Kelly out in Arizona because <laughs> he got whooped so bad last night. He should be in concussion protocol because Blake Masters beat him around like a drum last night. I mean, you know, this is again, this is where Mitch McConnell has stuck his fat mush into this race because he doesn't like Blake Masters. So he had the Republican committee pull all the money, and thankfully. Um, uh, what was the what was the organization? For, uh, the organization that does lots with our own John Solomon there, Heritage Foundation, uh, put the money back in to the tune of about eight or ten million yeah. bucks, I believe. I think it was eight. Nice. I think he, he had, they pulled ten or eleven. They they reinfused him with eight. And uh, if you were if you're in Arizona and you're voting and, and you weren't sure what to do, I don't know if there's anybody like that anymore. If you're on the fence, kind of. I mean, Blake Masters whooped up on that boy so bad. He is such a Mark Kelly is like a such a phony. They should send him back into space. <laughs> Just keep him there. I, he's such a phony. This guy. Oh, I've been I'm, I've been on the borders. I've been I'm, I've been on the borders since day one. Really? Blake Masters turns to him and says, "Well, with all due respect, if we take you at your word and this is the best you can do, l- let me respectfully ask you should resign." <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> oh, just all night. Just one. <laughs> That's what I said. Just put him in concussion protocol and check him out in a couple of days because he got beat so bad, he got beat like a drum. See, and the, and that's the that's the new that's the new uh, Republicans that we're sending forward the the MGT, the Trump, uh, the DeSantis types that are just going to pound you in the face. And you wonder With why the- he didn't want to. Uh, you wonder why he didn't want to debate. You wonder why yeah. what's her name there, dummy, doesn't want to debate Carrie Lake. Oh my God, you could charge that on pay per view. <laughs> If she would ever debate her, you could put it on pay-per-view and charge money for it because it would be the same as a WWE or a UFC match, and she would get bludgeoned. Yeah, Katie and, Hobbs. Yeah, Katie Hobbs. Yeah, and that's of course the that's you know that's the deal, right? With mo- most libs, they don't want to they, they can't debate. They're yeah. on the wrong side of every issue. If they can't scream, call you something, put you in a box, call you some name, they're never going to debate the issues. And when they do, that's what happens. Last night is what happens. 
This is why Mark Kelly tried to avoid it for as long as he can. And, th- and Mark Kelly was up in that race, according to most of the fake polling. Well, not, I mean, I don't know how he could be possibly up uh, anymore. I really don't. Well, Even I, in the fake polling, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, you said, it, you said it there yourself, the fake polling. So, uh, and also, you know, Pennsylvania. Let's face it, he's not going to debate anybody. He, can't, he, he, he has to debate which leg goes in his, into his pants first. <laughs> Talking about Fetterman. <laughs> if that guy gets votes on election night, I'm going to be stunned. Forget if he wins. If he wins, I mean, I don't know. We're going to have to look into what's going on in Pennsylvania. If he even gets votes, I think there's problems. How do you vote for him? How do you vote for him? There's more video of this guy out talking about, well, you know, people that I released from jail, yeah, they could end up killing again, but uh, he still wants them released. (laughs) That's a good platform. That sounds wonderful. We got to take our shot, don't we? Really? No, I don't think we do, dummy. Yeah, it's working so well across the country. He is absolutely scary. So remember what I talked about yesterday, John Cardillo, who is a great follow on Twitter today. The only way Hunter Biden is charged is if the regime wants Joe gone. Ooh, what? The only way Hunter Biden is charged is if the regime wants Joe gone. That's looking more likely in the light of beating... um, of the beating the Dems will take on election day because of Biden's disastrous failures. Oh, that sounds familiar. I feel like we, feel like we covered that last night. feel like I heard that last night. Yeah. Hmm. Coming out of my mouth hmm. in this whole um, Hunter Biden deal. All of a sudden now the pardon pen comes out for the drug deal. And uh, now all of a sudden, oh, we might have enough to, hunt, to charge Hunter Biden. Well, you've had enough. It's not that you don't magically all of a sudden now have enough. You've had enough. You've been sitting on it. But that's their, that's, that could be their out. You know, I said it last night with the tinfoil hat on, but the more I think about it, I mean, it's going to be after election day, obviously, as John said last night to us, John Solomon, and what we could hear of him. Um, but I don't know. If he gets charged, there's no way that Biden's not going to try to think about pardoning him. Get the kid off the hook. Either that or, or he pleads to a lesser charge and pays a fine and, and does no jail time. And then, uh, you know, that, that then that would be their excuse. Well, we, we've taken care of the laptop. They'll try to take the laptop completely off the table. But let's face it, those charges really have nothing to do with the laptop. The gun charge has nothing to do with the laptop. And the, uh, what, what was the other charge? The, um... The financial. Yeah, the financial charge really has nothing to do with the la- That was the IRS coming, coming in and starting that invest- investigation before they knew about the laptop. It's the stuff on the laptop they want to get rid of. So they, I, think the, I think the trick is if they can get them to plead to lesser charges, kind of get this wiped away, then, hey, you know what? We did the laptop. It's all done. I don't know why you guys are still talking about it. Because the laptop actually contains the crimes of Joe Biden. That's why we're talking about it. And that should be the focus. And of course, that's what really this is about. Joe Biden, not, yeah. not necessarily his degenerate son. Although, if he gets charged with multiple felonies, it will be interesting to see what, what, what road this goes down. And remember, Joe said it himself. That's the smartest man he knows. Smart guys always record themselves with hookers smoking crack. They always do it. I mean, we've all gone through, you know, 
we've all gone through our uh, our times where we wish we didn't well, yeah. photograph ourselves with you, you know snorting cocaine with hookers. Right, right? exactly. I mean, we've all done Who that, hasn't right? Done yeah, that. exactly. Okay, so. Yeah, okay, Rick, whatever. Yeah, no Nobody way. Nobody dresses like that. No, nope, no way, not me. <laughs> no I'm Amazon orders there, but right. um, <laughs> <laughs> So Biden was out speaking today, and I didn't catch a lot of it. I think G did. We have a crazy town, I believe. But I did hear one clip, and I just, um, it just reaffirms to me that this, this, this guy has no clue what is causing inflation, what the Fed is actually trying to do, why he has, Joe Biden meaning, has no control over it, not his Inflation Reduction Act, not his prescription drugs, not his everything he tries to tell you that's going to affect it is going to affect it. There's one thing that's going to affect it, and that's the Federal Reserve, and that is the unemployment rate going up. That is the job market loosening. Sorry to say, but that's the facts. Or raising taxes on the middle class. One of those things... All of those things will have some effect. Joe Biden and his prescription drugs is not going to have an effect on inflation. The job market staying hot and tight is not going to, it's going to do the reverse. It's going to give the, the Fed the green light to continue to raise rates. They're, they're going to go, well, we're not having much of an effect yet. Let's keep going until we have a total financial collapse around the world. And he's out there today. What's that clip, G? Did we pull that clip of him talking about the Republicans? All right, look, uh, four, well, four or five, you take your guess and play which one you think it is. Many of my Republican friends are basically arguing that good news for the economy is bad news, is bad news for America. That's hey, it. rooting for. Even the way he phrases that, good news for the economy is bad news for America. Well, Joe, if you understood what the Federal Reserve was actually doing, in some respects, that's true. Good news for the jobs report is bad news for Americans because the Federal Reserve is raising rates. It's killing people. You're depleting their 401s, their 403s. Their savings is melting away. Your mortgage rates are now over seven. Can't buy a house. And the more the job market stays tight, not because of anything you're doing, the Federal Reserve is going to continue to raise rates. So yes, good news in the jobs market, unfortunately, is bad news for Americans. Because the Federal Reserve has a green light to keep getting tighter and tighter and tighter and raising rates by three quarters of a percent every time they meet every month. We've seen bigger, uh, we've seen three 75-point rate hikes. We've never seen that before. They haven't even taken full they haven't even worked their way through the economy at full steam yet. So yes, he doesn't even understand what he's talking about when he says that. Oh, Republicans, look at them. They think good news in the job market's bad news for Americans. Well, that's because it is right now, given our current situation. That's why. He, doesn't, he just tries to make it a generalized statement that they want, they want Republicans want, you know, they want to push Grammy off the cliff. They want what's worse. They want, they want you to suffer. No, you, he wants you to suffer. He's causing you to suffer. He's causing your food prices, your gasoline prices, your commodity prices, your oil prices, everything to spike. He's the reason unemployment has to now go to 5, 5.5%. He's the reason you have to now lose your job and people have to lose their jobs because that's the only way inflation is going to come down. 
And inflation cannot be entrenched. That would be worse than what we're talking about now. So the Federal Reserve looks and says, we have no choice. The labor market's still tight. We're still adding jobs. The unemployment rate's still low. All these workers that we paid to stay home are now in the back in the job market. So jobs are plentiful. They have to change that. So yes, good news, guess what, is bad news for Americans. And for their credit card interest rates, for their mortgage rates, for their savings, for their spendings, for their 401s, for their 40Bs, it's for everything. It's bad news, yes. And the fact that he phrases it like that, like just saying, ah, Republicans are wishing for... It just shows you he has no idea what he's talking about. And they at the White House, even the people they send out to speak about it, when they're not gaslighting about it, they don't have any idea what they're talking about about it. Because unfortunately, that's true. Good news is bad news. That's the world we live in right now with inflation running at 8.5%. Good news is bad news. past the hour live from studio 6b glad you're in on a friday night i got fired up about the uh inflation stuff because it just doesn't he just doesn't understand and unfortunately a lot of people don't understand either and i think that's why that's why they say that's why they say it like that and that's why they say it out loud and unfortunately that's the truth that's why you have people who will vote for john fetterman because they just they don't have time. Uh, this guy, all right, he's been around for a while. Okay, he's good. But but Joe Biden is probably the best example of why you should never, ever, ever vote for a senator for president ever again. Watch or anybody me. who's been a career a career politician. <laughs> What'd you say, Joe? You creep. Watch me. Yeah, I thought so. So um, and here's just another example of this before we get to sports. If you could throw this up, G. This, this is what I was talking about last week. These guys. Kashkari talks to the Minnesota Fed. He, he talks today, and he's out there. Oh, we're not going to, you know, the jobs report is still, still job labor market's still tight. We're not giving up. We're going to tighten. We're going to tighten. We're going to, we're in there now, boys. So smart. They're so, so, all of them, they're all the Fed people. They're so smart right now. They're, they're going ahead. They're not going to be knocked off their perch. They're not going to be told to change course. Here he is back in November. Here's the headline on Bloomberg from November. Kashkari says Fed shouldn't overreact to temporary inflation. November 15, 2021, when we already knew we were talking about it on this show, that inflation, once it's out of the bottle, is hard to get back, back in. We were talking about it then. Temporary, transitory, don't worry about it. Really? Real estate's going through the roof? Commodities are going through the roof? Really? You think we should still be a federal fund rate at zero? Don't worry about it. We're the smart ones in the room. Now, you all have to suffer. Because they, in any other job, would all have been fired. But not this one. 
All right, let's do some sports so I can uh, stop talking about this before my head explodes. <laughs> uh, and here with sports is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Well, big D, October without a doubt is the busiest month in sports. If you think about it, all four major teams are, play, are in action, all four major sports. You have basketball preseason, NHL preseason, you have NFL, and of course you have Major League Baseball playoffs with the wild card kicking off earlier this afternoon. So wow, it's amazing this time of year you could actually have your four favorite teams playing at any given time at the same time, which is absolutely incredible. Incredible. And uh, we had earlier today the Cleveland Guardians uh, beat the Tampa Rays two to one. Big D after a one nothing lead in the uh, in the sixth inning, Jose Ramirez hit a two run homer, and that's all they needed. Two to one, Shane Bieber with the win, and Cleveland is now one game up on Tampa. Keep in mind, all these series are best of three. We'll have a report a little later on some of the other action, but uh, so far Cleveland's the first one in the bank, two to one win over Tampa. And Major League Baseball playoff power rankings, they have the top 12 teams as uh, identified by Yahoo Sports' Zach Kreiser. And right now, the L.A. Dodgers are the number one team to beat the Houston Astros, number two. Atlanta Braves, number three. A lot of folks like the Braves on the chat. Uh, Yankees and Mets, fourth and fifth, respectively. Mets playing now against San Diego. And Guardians, Cardinals, Toronto, San Diego, Philly, the Mariners, and, well, the Tampa, who already lost today, rounds out the top 12. So we'll have full action. And, of course, Monday, I'll have a full recap because all those playoff series will be in the books come Monday. And we'll be talking about Tuesday, the divisional round starting. So a lot of excitement in baseball. A uh, little other news. We got, let's, let's call it what it is. We got to talk about the elephant in the room, at least for me. Terrible loss last night in the NFL. Rick, Slick Rick lost $2,500 on his odds makers. And Al Michaels, Broncos TV station, apologetic to viewers over Thursday night football train wreck. This is from Edward Sudalon of the Sporting News. Viewers of Thursday night's game between the Broncos and Colts weren't treated to quality football, and the broadcasters weren't going to try and fluff it up and make it sound like it was anything but a bad game. When the dust settled in Empower Field at Mile High in Denver, the Colts eked out a 12-9 win over the Broncos with four field goals from Trace McLaughlin being enough to give Indianapolis the victory over Brandon McManus's three field goals. As the broadcast was going on, Thursday night football play-by-play voice, the great Al Michaels, sounded off several times on the quality or lack thereof the game. This is the type of game you'd have as the fifth regional on CBS on Sunday, Al Michaels said. Michaels was especially on his A game in the third quarter. The Broncos had marched down the field to the Colts' nine-yard line, setting up a first and goal with just over six minutes left in the quarter. It was thir- it was the third time all game a team had reached the red zone and the first time a team was within 10 yards of scoring. It's first and goal words I thought I would never speak tonight, Al Michaels <laughs> said. How did that drive end? McManus couldn't get a field goal try, uh, try high enough over the defensive line to avoid getting blocked. Of all things, that one gets blocked, Michael said on the call. Uh, Al Michael said, sometimes a game can be so bad, it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? Kirk, <laughs> no. Kirk Herbstreit says, no, I'm not feeling that just over here yet. <laughs> and uh, the local TV station didn't mince any words either. ABC 7 Sports' Nick Rothschild apologized to viewers after the game, saying that he felt bad the game was carried over ABC 7's <laughs> air, and that it was, uh, at, at, at the time of the game, it didn't want to watch it. And Troy Rennick uh, further piled on, it Burns the retinas. It was that awful, Rink said. So, terrible game. Actually, fans were leaving Denver, the stadium, before the overtime even commenced. They had seen enough in regulation to walk out. So, attention Walmart shoppers, because the owners of Walmart are the owners of the Denver Broncos. We got a problem. Unfortunately, they were the owners after the organization gave Russell Wilson $245 million for however many years. 
You talk about an albatross. I don't know. He's playing like he should have gotten $245. (laughs) Exactly. Pretty soon it's going to be Ciaru later. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. All right, Slick Rick. Thanks. We'll do some more sports. Let's do some news. Uh, Sports, by the way, is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell. Uh, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. As you know, use our code. If you're going to buy something from Lindell, use our code. We appreciate it. He appreciates it. LFS6B is the code. Let's do some news. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on? Uh, Right. Well, this one coming from uh, across the border as a gang known as the Tequila Drinkers has reportedly killed a Mexican mayor, father, and all of his staff in an attack that shocked a violence-weary country. Uh, you thought you thought things were bad over here. Uh, gunmen in Mexico South stormed a town hall in broad daylight, killing 18. Uh, in a statement, the Guerrero State Prosecutor's Office pledged to arrest those responsible for killing the mayor and his father and also the former mayor as well. Local TV uh, footage showed the facade of the municipal building riddled with bullets while people were heard screaming. Until now, we have 18 confirmed deaths and two injured, along with uh, Mayor Cor. Cor- Conrado Mendoza, police officers and city council workers were also killed. Just insane. And, and you know, we, we were starting to talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, the cartels. This is this is this is what's going on on the, uh, on the border or near the border. This this kind of stuff. So where is this story from? This is from. Uh, let's see. The Telegraph. Why? No, no. Oh, okay. I just was wondering. It's just it's kind of a shocking story of, you know, basically government being attacked by one of the cartels right there in Mexico. And, and let's face it, this is the kind of violence that is being imported over our southern border. So it's, hopefully uh, uh, I, I just found it interesting that they, you said in the article that the police said, oh, they we're going to we're going to bring whoever's responsible to. Well, how are you going to do that? <laughs> how? Yeah. Who's, who's going after them? I don't know. They're not they're not worried about you. Obviously not. They've got more weapons, more. <laughs> How do you bring that? How do you do that? Who knows? It's just, uh, again, it's, it's a scary situation when you think about what could be coming north. And we've seen some of the, uh, you know, some of the ramifications of, of the lax border policy that Ben Burkwam points out on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to somebody wanting a refund, Sharon Osborne wants one, according to uh, this story from the Hollywood Unlocked. Um, oh, good. She isn't the only celebrity who believes that Black Lives Matter is a scam. Mm. Sharon Osborne is now sharing the same sentiments while requesting a refund sure. for the donation she reportedly gave to BLM. Mm-hmm. Why uh, now? <laughs> TMZ <laughs> caught up with the former talk show host and asked her thoughts on the headlines uh, regarding Yee uh, and his comments about BLM. She said, well, we gave 900000 to Black Lives Matter. I'd like my money back, please. Why now? You had a lot of time to request your money back. Although the 69-year-old did not specify why she wanted the refund, she went on to express confusion surrounding the controversy and outrage of, of West White, Live, White Lives Matter stunt. Sharon so. Osborne. Sharon wants some money back. Sharon! All right, <laughs> <laughs> live from Studio 6B on a Friday. Back after this. All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B. So I want to stay on this um, 
jobs report for a second. Wall Street Journal today. Headline, the jobs market is still too hot. Slight deceleration in pace of job gains. Unlikely to change any minds at the Fed. Joe Biden, pay attention now. All you morons at the White House who are going to go out and talk about this, pay attention. This wasn't the jobs report you were looking for. The Labor Department on Friday reported that the economy added 263,000 jobs in September, down a tad from August's gain of 315,000. That still counts as robust employment growth, though. Meanwhile, the unemployment rate fell to 3.5% from August's 3.7, matching the multi-decade low it touched in July. Now, in any regular time, of course, this would be great news. We would all be applauding this job growth month after month after month, unemployment lower and lower. That's what we want. If it was any regular time, if all of these people were right a year ago and not sleeping at the wheel, this would be a time that we'd be happy with these numbers. The drop in unemployment rate, as the Wall Street Journal now says, is a problem. It came about in part because the labor force, people who were, are working, are actively looking for jobs, shrunk. So even though pandemic worries continue to abate, many people still aren't going back on the job hunt. And that is helping keep the labor market very tight. It is, of course, just one month's worth of data. Moreover, the household survey that the unemployment and labor force figures are drawn from has a smaller sample size than the survey for the overall jobs figures, and that can cause some volatility. But the mood among Federal Reserve policymakers seems to be, show me that the labor market is cooling rather than show me it isn't. That is the last monthly jobs report that will come out before the Fed's rate-setting committee meeting next month. That's the FOMC meeting. And it doesn't seem like a strong argument to raise the target range on overnight rates by anything less than three-quarters of a percentage point again. So that's from the Wall Street Journal today. And if if you want a real sense... And I'm literally just doing this as we're doing the show tonight because I just was interested to see because this is not a right-left issue most of the time when it comes to this. If you just go and you type in jobs report and you look through Twitter, which for things like this, it's pretty decent. You'll get, you get good opinions from guys, people who know what they're talking about. Good jobs report. I don't know who any of these people are. Obviously, Charles Payne I know, but this first guy I don't know. Um... Fisher King, okay, 57,000 followers. Good jobs report, market dropped 650 points. Oops. Think how backwards that is. Yeah, that's exactly right. Market is worried about rate increases to tamp inflation. That's exactly right. What does that mean? People are buying stock on margin like before 1929 in in real estate. It's such an obvious bubble. Surging inflation, plummeting real wages. Today's jobs report, the worst of the year, shows that the reality of Biden's economy. Today's jobs report showed job creation slowing for the second month in a row. That was the fewest number of jobs created this year. Not only that, wage growth also slowed as the great American pay cut continues. But what's not slowing down? Inflation. The September jobs report is the worst jobs report of the year and the second fewest jobs added since the COVID recovery began. Biden's economy is leaving families behind. 
The jobs report is not the good news Dems will try to make it out to be. That's exactly right. That's what Joe Biden tried to do today. And it just shows he doesn't understand it. So go back to that Biden clip, G, wherever we were on there, five. Let's just hear a little bit of that again. Roll it. Many of my Republican friends are basically arguing that good news for the economy is bad news, is bad news for America. That's if they're rooting for fewer jobs and lower wages. It's all part of this trickle-down mentality that says it doesn't matter what's happening on Main Street. What really matters is what's happening on Wall Street. If Wall Street's doing well, everybody's doing well. Well, I noticed that the last, the previous four years, we weren't doing that well. And Wall Street was doing well, and then that had, <laughs> took a tumble. That's not my plan. We can continue to grow our economy in a stable and sustainable way. We can build on an economy that works for everyone. Today, we're going to do something that our Republican colleagues in the Congress don't want, don't want us to do. They love to attack the Democrats. They say, we, uh, what, for what we've done. But they really don't want to see <laughs> what their plan is. I doubt any of you can t- t- tell me what the Republican re-election plan is this time out. What, what, what's their platform? Uh, everything opposite of, of what you do. Exactly. Let's start with inflation. Let me tell you how I think about it. I think about it the way my dad used to talk about oh, it. My dad was a well-read guy. His greatest regret, he never went to college had to leave Scranton because when coal died, everything died with it. And we moved down to Claymont, Delaware, a little steel town at the time. No one cares. And, uh, but it's the way most people at home deal with these things. You talk about around the kitchen table. Do we have enough money to cover all the bills for the month and all the necessities that aren't regular bills? And if we do that, do we have a little bit of breathing room, my dad used to say? Just a little bit of breathing room after that's done. We don't have to worry. Well, that's what we're trying to do. Give families a little bit of breathing room. Okay, so stop and it. that's so, what we've so done. Even, even <laughs> so far, besides all of the can't get his handkerchief out, can't talk in complete sentences, even through all of that, he's so all over the map. You created the, the, you created the scenario for pe- people to sit around the kitchen table and have to debate these things. Do we have enough? You created a situation where now you're trying to give people just a little bit of room. It's, it, it, didn't, it didn't just happen because of something else. You created this scenario. So he, he talks about the, you know, he talks about the finality of what he's created, but he doesn't, he doesn't understand that he can't, he's the one who created it. And, and nothing he's saying about the beginning part Oh, they're looking for bad numbers means bad. He doesn't even understand what the hell he's talking about. So how is he going to fix it? And then he keeps, he he does this all the time too. He keeps mentioning this trickle down theory that doesn't exist. It's, it's a talking point, but it doesn't exist. There is no trickle down economic theory, but they keep using it because it sounds good. It's a nice bumper sticker. It's, it's a slogan. It gets you to think, Oh, it's, it's evil. It doesn't exist. But again, he, he, he probably doesn't even know that. They just tell him, here, say this, and you're good. Such a moron. Heather Long, not good. The unemployment rate fell to three and a half, largely because the labor force declined, meaning fewer people got jobs or were searching. 
The labor force uh, participation rate fell to 62.3%, down slightly from 62.4 in August. It's just one month, but this isn't the right direction. Biden doesn't understand this. He doesn't understand these numbers. He doesn't understand why good news is actually bad news, given where inflation is, given what the Federal Reserve is trying to accomplish. Yeah, and according to Just the News, the slowing rate of growth indicates that the Federal Reserve's aggressive efforts to put a lid on inflation in the U.S. are having a depressive effect on economic activity. And we've seen that. Cut 7G. Let's hear from the Labor Secretary. Since Biden has no clue, let's see if the Labor Secretary has a clue. Roll that. What is the, uh, what's the stance on the number? Monty the 3.5 is equal Biden to the July us. low, but labor force participation, we were hoping for a build after last month, didn't get it. Yeah, you know, we're looking at labor participation over a period of time. Obviously, I would have liked to see that number higher today. Oh. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, some Bravo. of the bright spots uh, in this report today, the unemployment rate in the Hispanic uh, community has gone down to a, an all-time low, 3.8%. We saw a drop in all racial groups uh, of unemployment. Uh, we saw manufacturing uh, over the since President Biden's taken office over 700,000 jobs. Uh, so we're seeing some good things there, but uh, we're certainly what I want we have to do is encourage more people to get involved in the labor force. Uh, wages up five year on year, uh, which is um, on year on year basis the lowest of the year, but it's still nowhere near keeping pace with inflation. Does the the administration believe wages need to go up or down? I think what we need to do is bring inflation down, and we're working on bringing those pressures down, whether it's through supply chain or, you know, obviously OPEC's decision uh, this week disappointed the president, disappointed all of us. So we have to continue to shift, be, be less reliant on foreign energy. Uh, we have to continue to work on supply chain to bring those costs down. And I think ultimately, you know, it's good to see wages go up. I personally like to see wages go up as the Secretary of Labor, but with wages going up, we can't, we have to, we have to continue to bring inflation down. You know, these guys on CNBC are all are all good. I like watching all of them, but I wish they would do tougher follow-up when because they, they know this they know exactly what's going on. They know it better than anyone else. They can articulate it better than I ever could think about articulating it. They let him get away with that answer. And Carl knows that he could follow up and go you know, and they just let him go on and on and on. The administration is not going to get inflation down through supply chains, through prescription drugs, through anything else. They, the Inflation Reduction Act, they are having zero effect. Zero effect. Any effect they have is negative. Uh, cut 6G, one more on the jobs report reaction. Roll that. Maybe a tiny bit less wage pressure. This is Obama's guy. Thought, but everything else in this report, as expected or hotter than expected, the Fed will certainly stay the course. If you look Bingo. at the most recent month for CPI and you look at these measures of co so-called core or underlying inflation, the trim mean, weighted median, sticky CPI, those are all showing a, an underlying inflation rate of 7 to 9% at an annualized rate. And when we look at this data for the job market, yes, the unemployment rate declined. It kind of declined for some not-so-great reasons in that those not in the labor force increased by about 230,000. I think, as Jason said, this is still a sign of a very tight labor market, a lot of labor market pressure, maybe a little bit less than in, in preceding months, but nothing to materially alter the, the Fed's path. What our key concern with this number is supply, which is not coming back. And you know, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. The market's key concern is going to be Q3 earnings, which is coming right up. Mm. We're worried about higher input costs, also the strength of the dollar. We're seeing companies already pre-announced 
financials kick off earnings next week. We think big banks are likely going to struggle. And if you look at consensus earnings, we're still expecting earnings to grow. And we've seen some moderation in that number. But I think earnings uh, going into a recession is unlikely likely to see them continue to grow. So that's going to be the issue. I don't think earnings really reflect the true environment yet. And that's why we think markets could struggle uh, going forward. Mm, that sounds go. positive. All right, one more. Let's hear what the press secretary thinks. Cut eight, G. Roll that. Uh, so this is going to be an incredibly short gaggle. Uh, Can't we just start with questions? No, I actually have stuff at the top that I need to share. Um, so today's jobs numbers reflect that we have been saying for many months we are in the transition to stable and steady growth. Today's unemployment rate matches its lowest level in 50 years at 3.5%. This kind of job growth is consistent with a low unemployment rate and a healthy economy. More I mean, people okay, stop it. Are working <laughs> I, 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 just, I can't listen to her. I, I just can't listen to her read, just just barrel through like no one else is in the room. It's a good like thing she, you stopped because she went for another three minutes before people saying, can we please ask you some questions? Like, she, like she's reading her book report before she hands it into her social <laughs> studies teacher. I just can't listen to it. Oh, it reflects the lowest number of this, the lowest number of that, the most... You know, I don't know. That's, that's like the... It's a good thing we're here to tell you what's going on because none of these people will tell you what the real deal is. Crazy. to the hour live from Studio 6B. You know, our friends from Grabian here put together, instead of listening to her baggle on a plane there, uh, babble on about nothing, uh, Grabian put together really what's a much better look at what the press briefings are like every day. Here you go. I mean, no, let me make sure I'm on the right. Uh, of course I'm not. Uh, let's see if this works. We don't have anything to uh, to announce at this time. I don't have anything to share about that at this time. I just don't have anything to share. I don't have anything to preview for you about his schedule this this weekend. I'm just saying I don't have anything to preview to, for you today. I don't have anything. I don't have anything specific uh, to to add. I don't have any particular examples for you at this time. So I'm not going to comment. So I'm not going to get ahead of the conversations that are ha happening right now. I'm not going to get ahead of the, the president. I'm not going to get ahead of the president. I'm not going to get ahead of of uh, of of what that process is potentially going to look like. We have been pretty clear on this. The president has been very clear. The president has been very clear on that. We've been yeah. very clear about You're this. Very... We have made crystal clear. Our position crystal... is crystal clear. And we eyes. have been very clear on this. Like, the president understands. Oh, yeah, the... hear the question, but we just can't. I, I can't respond to it from here, from the podium. I, I don't understand your question. You have to say more. Where That's a you? very good question. I would refer you to the Department of State. I would refer Catch you to the Department the of, of Education, who would have details here. I would refer you to the Department of Treasury. Definitely uh, would refer you to, back to Department of Energy. I would refer you to either ODNI or the Justice Department Somebody by any specific question on this. I would refer you specifically to the U.S. Coast Guard on this on this issue, <laughs> on this individual <laughs> questions. It's not something that I would uh, comment from here. I would the, refer the you to the FBI. ship that is the economy yeah. at this time. Uh, and and I would refer you to the United Kingdom government. <laughs> wow. Oh. I'd refer you to the fourth district in the... Uh... <laughs> she actually sounds better when she doesn't have anything or when yeah. she defers. 
When yeah, she actually yeah. tries to answer, it's worse. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. But that's about every press briefing. Oh, that's painful. Like I said, I I I, I don't know. You, you you're not going to convince me. There's any other reason that she's in that job still? I mean, she does them no good. There's she she serves no purpose, no good purpose in representing the administration. Although she's the perfect representation of the administration. So I'm probably answering my own question. So yeah. All right, let's do sports. And here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Hi, Big D. Well, some sad news in the wrestling world. This is from Breitbart, former WWE wrestler, Sarah Lee, dead at 30. Um, what? Form- yeah. yeah. Who is yeah. this? Sarah Lee, well, she was in the WWE's Tough Enough series, and uh, she was also uh, formerly married to um, uh, Corey James, uh, another wrestler from back in the no day. No idea who but, that is. What's her name? Uh, Sarah, Sarah Lee. Lee. Uh, yeah, former wrestler Sarah Lee, winner of the WWE's Tough Enough series, has died at the age of 30, according to her mother. I actually saw this in the Getter Chat last night, uh, but I wanted to get a little more information and have the story in front of me. But I actually saw somebody in the Getter Chat say they couldn't believe Sarah Lee had passed away. It is with heavy hearts that we share the news that our Sarah Weston has gone to be with Jesus, her mother, Terry Lee, said in a statement. Last week, Lee uh, informed her Instagram followers that she had been suffering from a sinus infection. After that, though, she also said she left. She felt well enough to resume her workouts at the gym. Celebrating finally healthy enough to go to the gym two days in a row, she wrote, first ever sinus infection kicked my butt, quote-unquote. Uh, no official cause of death has been re, uh, revealed. So that's, you know, once again, we, we get another one of these mysterious yeah. deaths. Mm. WWE is said to learn the passing of Sarah Lee. The wrestling organization wrote in a statement, as a former Tough Enough winner, Lee served as an inspiration to many in the sports entertainment world. WWE offers its heartfelt condolences to her family, friends, and fans. Lee was married to fellow WWE wrestler Corey James Weston, a.k.a. Wesley Blake, during his time as a wrestler. So, sad news in the sports world. Apparently, if several people know, she's not a household name per se, Big D, but she is a, a wrestler. And again, one of these mysterious, you know, it's just so bizarre. It seems like every death today is followed by uh, no further information, no cause of death giving. And it happens a lot in sports, which is really, you know, we've touched on this a number of times and uh, it's just really crazy. So, I, I know I'm looking at, I'm looking through the, looking through this. I don't, yeah, I was not familiar with her. She just she doesn't ring a bell to me as far as uh, WWE at all. I mean, yeah. not that I w- she was, watch I a think ton she, of it. But... She was a small WWE. She was more NXT, I believe. Yeah, I she won. That. She basically won her spot there through yeah. their Tough Enough Challenge show. Yeah, yeah. Thirty years 30. old. Thirty years old. Terrible. Had a sinus infection. Finally feeling good enough to go to the gym. All of a sudden ends up dead. Yeah, nothing, nothing to see here. Nothing Move to on. see here. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Oh, and uh, well, something to see for sure in the gym was Warriors Draymond Green apologizes for incident with teammate Jordan Poole. I'm sure by now everybody's seen this on social media. Unbelievable. This is from uh, Field Level Media Yard Barker uh, reporting on this. Uh, one day after punching teammate Jordan Poole, Golden State Warriors Draymond Green apologized to the team uh, for his actions. Green expressed his sorrow for the incident and then departed the facility as the defending NBA champion Warriors practiced without him. Everybody's fine. Jordan practiced today. Draymond didn't golden nuts state yep uh, golden statement bob myers told reporters look it's the nba these things happen nobody likes it but i mean if you saw this punch this right cross <laughs> and we have that video do I, we have, I have it i'm sorry. Have it? i was looking at this family picture of this poor girl oh my yeah. god that's a sad story the three it, the young three kids. three small kids yeah. oh yeah yeah 
Uh, I'm sorry, Rick. Here, yeah, no, here, Draymond here's Green. The, that, uh, here's the video, G. It's there's inexplicable. No, there's no sound to it, so you can just put it up. This, uh, you can see. Yeah, just walk, it takes about so 10 seconds walk, to yeah, get so to there's, it. Yeah, right. so that's him. This is from TMZ, right? Hmm. Yeah, they're kind of going back and forth here. A little chattering, you know, the usual trash talk on the court with your teammates and your, your opponents. It goes on all the time. Yeah, things get all heated sometimes. Sudden, a and this is a man that's 6'7", 230, by the way. He's a big man. Watch this. He walks over to Jordan Poole, gets up in his face, which good for Pushes Poole him. for getting him out of there. Right. And boom. Oh. Boom. Took him right out. One shot. Yeah. Now, Jake Paul has reportedly offered $10 million earlier today to take him on in a fight. True story. He says, I'll take him on ASAP. I'll offer him $10 million for a fight. You believe that? Jake Paul jumping <laughs> on it. He's an opportunist. <laughs> He probably has a Google alert for punching. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why people want to see Jake Paul take a punch. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he could just let well enough be alone. But it's really a shame. I mean, that's uh, such a dirtbag move, honestly, to your teammate like that. I mean, to do that in practice. I mean, whoever leaked it, by the way, uh, you know. I mean, usually these things get handled in the locker room of a professional sports team. But, I mean, it's, it's such a bogus move, man. I mean, it's just, you know, you get up in the guy's face and then to do that. On a team that, by the way, this is not a team that's, like, struggling. This is the NBA defending champions. Correct. Correct. Steph Curry's boys. Yep. So, anyway, uh, uh, Seth Curry. Yeah. So, uh, Big D, that's a wrap in sports. All right, Slick Rick. Very good. Uh, Let's do a little news here. We'll do some more news at the top of the hour. Uh, Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. This one coming from Just the News is uh, GOP senators are warning uh, DHS Secretary Mayorkas that his failed immigration policies – are leading to what amounts to a gross dereliction of duty. As GOP Senators Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz warned uh, Secretary Mayorkas that he could face impeachment by Republican-controlled Congress for gross dereliction of duty over his handling of the southern U.S. border. In a letter to Mayorkas, the senators compiled data from U.S. Customs and Border Protection of border crossing and drug seizures, comparing them to lower numbers during the Trump found, uh, Trump administration. It says here, and I quote, your failure to faithfully enforce this nation's immigration laws and willful blindness to the very real humanitarian crisis to our southern border amounts to a gross dereliction of duty and violation of the oath of your office, the senators wrote. Despite heroic efforts by the men and women of Border Patrol who operate with very little support from D.C., you have failed to achieve any semblance of operational control of the southern border, wrote Graham of South Carolina and Cruz of Texas. And and I don't know if you guys caught any of um, War Room today. Uh, ben Burkwam was on, and they were describing and showing just 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 the utter failure of, of what is really going on at the border. And it's just painful to see you know to see the people that live down there, the the guys who are in charge of that area, the local officials struggling to try and just keep some semblance of order while the U.S. government continuously buses people in, buses people out, secretly moves them around. It's, it's like a human trafficking organization run amok. And it's happening right on the southern border. So, you know, they issued the warning to Mayorkas, get ready. There should be a lot of them that get ready. He's only one. All right, hour two coming up.
Live from Studio 6B, Hour 2 on a Friday night. Glad you're in. What even is that coming up? I didn't even promo it in the first I hour. I forgot it's Friday. You were so angry. So angry. Well, I'm not. Well, yeah, I was a little upset about Biden, not, not clueless about inflation and what. Hey, Republicans. Well, don't get me started again. <laughs> uh, Slick Rick's doing sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Um, Mark Levin has a take on Hunter Biden getting ready to be charged and his theory on why this is happening now. Let's hear it. Is This is old news. They could have indicted uh, Hunter a long time ago. They're protecting Joe, of course, because they're not getting into any of the Bobolinsky laptop information, which is ripe for the taking. Joe Biden is a Manchurian putative president. In my view, he's bought and paid for, not just by the uh, communist regime, but others. That said, I'll tell you what I think is going on here. This leak is numerous sources. For some reason, they mentioned Donald Trump twice, was absolutely nothing to do with this matter. I think what they're trying to do is lay a predicate, lay a foundation, not a legal predicate, but a foundation for the American people, and particularly conservatives that go on, well, why don't they indict him? Why don't they indict Hunter? It's black and white. They've got the goods on him. So then we can have people say, okay, fine. And then we have Merrick Garland say, you see, I believe in equality under the law. So we did X, Y, Z to Hunter Biden, and now we're doing X, Y, Z to Donald Trump. I think this is a complete setup. I think uh, Hunter Biden is small potatoes. I think they're protecting Joe Biden, who obviously is more important. He's the president of the United States, and they have absolutely no interest in him. And by the way, neither do the media. They keep writing books about Donald Trump, like Maggie Haberman and others. Who cares? Okay. Yeah. It kind of goes similar to what you said before. Yeah. Take your eye off the real problem, and that's what's located on that laptop. Mm. All right, well, we'll keep watching it. There's a couple different theories now we have on this show. We'll see which one is even close to, if any, correct. So I would, I would defer to the great one, probably. But um, right now, it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on this show, and that is the aforementioned Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right, Damon. Well, thank you. Well, don't and, mess uh, up your own your own <laughs> thing by being your known Neil Pert. I'm not. I'm more. I'm more of a Jason Bonham. It's John Bonham, first of all. Well, his son is named Jason, and he oh. also plays drums. Touche. Yeah. Well, that's who I you, you, yeah. you play more like picture. Jason from Friday the Thirteenth or whatever. <laughs> So. Talk about a high hat. So you're saying I should kill myself? Well, no. Just kill your drumming. <laughs> okay. All right, come on. Let's go. All right. So so what is it? About uh, four weeks now till Election Day hits? Yeah. Election Day 2022? And November is coming. Oh, yes. And man, oh, man, as you can tell, especially around here, the excitement is overwhelming. Woo! Around the country, lots of races are playing out, and some weird stuff is going on. And I don't know if this part is legal, Uh-oh. but in Pennsylvania, in the Senate race there, you've got two Democrats running against Dr. Oz. We're doing this I guess, again? I guess that, that way they can double count the Democrat votes? I don't know. In Georgia, President of the World Stacey Abrams is still trying to win something while Democrats and the New York Times are out in force trying to convince Georgians that despite his outward appearance, his parents, and his DNA, that Herschel Walker isn't black. You uh-huh. ain't black. Okay. 
<laughs> Calm down there, White Devil. We're good. Uh, but I think the latest and the greatest is the attempt by the left in their quest for a total liberal dystopian hypnosis is coming out of New York. Yes. Oh. The Empire State, you know it. If you can make it there, Damon, you can make it anywhere, State. Well, they might need to change that slogan, too. If you can make it out of there, (laughs) you can make it out of anywhere, State. Right, Snake? Yeah. I guess I guess he didn't know that you know New York's a gun-free zone, but whatever. I, I say this because the unelected tyrant currently serving as the governor of New York, Kathy, be careful what you wish for, Hochul, has been feeling her groove lately. And, well, when that stuff happens, that usually means some evil comes tumbling out when they least expect it. In her campaign to be governor to all New Yorkers, she made it known how much she really wants to bring both sides of the aisle together. Yeah. And we're here to say... That the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Oh. Get out of town. Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you, re- you don't represent our values. You are not New Yorkers. You're not that. New Yorkers. Yep, there she is, the little Nazi herself, ready and willing to turn New York State into its very own prison colony. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't include trains in her desire to remove people from the state. I mean, isn't that what dictators do? All, all this so she can be surrounded by only the like-minded leftist lunatics like herself. But wait, there's more. Always more. There's always more with these people. The ultimate Karen went on Bloomberg, and when asked about the crime that's gripping New York State and New York City, check out what the high chancellor had to say here. This has been a nationwide phenomenon. Since the pandemic, crime has gone up everywhere. New York City is still the safest big city in America. What? Really? New York is the safest big city in America? Why? What even is that? Really? Have you been there much? Have you? The fact that she has the audacity to say this as naked criminals are punching New York City police cars. Uh, safest city? Yeah, safest city. Indubitably. Of course. Why not? Don't be silly. Two plus two equals five. Oh, but wait. She wasn't done because, as we've learned, they never are. Look at Chicago. Look at San Francisco. Oh, look yeah. at Los Angeles, uh, Atlanta, Washington. People... Leaving New York, I'm not sure where they're going to go because we are the safest big city in America. (laughs) Amazing. She doubles down again. She compares it to Chicago and San Francisco and says that New York is the safest big city in America. I mean, really, where are you going to go? To some other crime-infested city? And she compares it to Chicago where at least 10 people are murdered every weekend and no one gets arrested for it? Hey, but don't worry because she identified the problem. It's the biggest issue, and it's being handled right now, right here. Here she explains why you should stay in New York. We have reduced our shooting rate down 10% statewide, 13% in the city, and it's only gone down 2% across the nation. (laughs) There There you go. That means the shooting rate has gone down. She's reduced the shooting rate. Is that the big marketing push these days to keep people from moving out of the state of New York? Hey, everyone, the shooting rate is down 10%. Holy crap, that's awesome. I feel so safe now. Yeah, the uh, shooting rate is down, but that just because the accuracy rate went up. So she's taking credit for the shooters getting better at hitting their targets. Practice, practice, practice. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? practice no i'm not talking about practice i'm talking about reality and the reality is people are fleeing new york 
California, Illinois, and any other Democratic-run hellhole at an increasing rate. Why? Because the people like her, the Democrats, and their insane policies. I just have one thing to ask. You are running for the borders and one of these, of one of these states, and you're heading to a red one. Leave your insane Democratic Party, Party voting habits behind, and, or don't bother showing up. Believe me, they don't want you. The everyone gets a medal nonsense is just that. Nonsense. <laughs> this country is not about equity. It's about being equal. It's about everyone having an equal opportunity to make their American dream come true. Unfortunately, the only ones till very recently seizing those opportunities has been the left, and we are now seeing the results. That's great. But this is New York State. Everything we do is bigger, bolder, and ultimately better. Yeah. Bigger is right. Uh, crime, CRT, taxes, schools infested with Marxist crime on the streets. New York State is doing it bigger and better, all right. But now is an opportunity for us, and that has arrived. The only question for all of us, and for you, Lee Zeldin, is what you're going to do with it. Don't leave this amount of crazy go unchecked and get out and vote. Damon, back to you. And Zeldin is... um. Rick Amirati, I don't know where you if you've been up on the polling, but uh, it's doing better. I believe Trafalgar Group. I mean, Trafalgar and Emerson are the only two that you can really, really look at with any somewhat trust. Did I say, see that Trafalgar has it fifty five fifty three? It's tight. It's That's a tie. Up. That's he's, effectively a tie right now. He's yeah. within the margin in New yep. York. He's making a lot of headway upstate. And why any of us should be surprised is beyond me because as Rick just pointed out through that whole piece, New York is a disaster from the top down. And I, again, I sound like a broken record. I don't care who you voted for. Number one, she's unelected and she's a yeah. disaster. But regular good people who vote for Democrats do not want to live in New York City the way it is now. I don't care who you voted for. We have that. reduced our shooting rate down 10%. <laughs> yeah, but Damon, that's not acceptable. The to shooting most rate is down. Yeah, and guess down. what? It's like inflation. People who would vote for Cuomo are not going to vote for her based on it being down. I don't know how anybody votes for her. Again, I don't know how she gets any votes given the way life is in New York. Who thinks their life is better under her? I don't know. Who thinks their life is better under Eric Adams in New York City? I don't know. The crime, the taxes, the regulation, the everything. Yeah. The, all you have to do is go on a search engine and put uh, attack New York City. You will see a stream of headlines that you won't believe. Go, go on Twitter or, or any social media, put attack New York City. You will see videos that will, that will scare you, that you'll think, no, this can't be real. This is all real. You're seeing people being assaulted who are visiting. You know, they come here on vacation. I guarantee they won't come back. And the people that know them and the people that find out about how their trip went will cross New York right off the list. Sorry, not until you get things in order. Cut 10, G. This is the New York City mayor. Now, just listen to this and think about his policies that he has undertaken in New York to then turn around and say this. Roll that. In the next few weeks, 
We'll be opening a large humanitarian emergency response and relief center on Randall's Island that will safely house hundreds of people who have found themselves in New York City at their long journey from our southern border. I will be there to welcome them and to stay with them, to hear their stories. But unless we take immediate action, that center will be full in days and we will have to open another and another and another even as winter weather arrives. As a result of that reality, today I am declaring a state of emergency in the city of New York <laughs> and issuing an executive order. This executive order will formally direct all relevant agencies to coordinate their efforts to construct the humanitarian relief centers. We are also suspending certain land use requirements to expedite this process. New York City has already done more than nearly any other city to support this influx of asylum seekers. And we cannot deprive longtime New Yorkers of support and services, even as we address the needs of these new arrivals. It's not sustainable. And it is not right. Boy, reality is a real you-know-what, isn't it? Yeah. When it kicks you in the you-know-whats. This guy's adopted every sanctuary city policy, spoken for him, and, 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 and approve him, and now he's, look where he is. Life comes at you fast for these people. Our live from Studio 6B. Let me remind you where the um, where the mayor of New York City was just on 1020 of 21. What's that about? A little less than a year ago. Yeah. Well, look. No, New York City didn't. New York City didn't ask for this. Yeah, really? It looks like you sure did to me. Yeah. And now, and now they're using the Martha's Vineyard approach. Uh, but the, the island that they're shipping them off of. Manhattan is slightly larger than Martha's Vineyard, but they're still getting them off the island and putting them somewhere where they'd be out of sight. This is, this is today. Eric Adams declares a state of emergency. We have not asked for this. There was never an agreement to take on the job of supporting thousands of asylum seekers. You just said you were a sanctuary city. People go there. <laughs> just, if people go there. They'll uh, be welcomed. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Well, Did you like change I, the meaning? Life comes at you fast for some of these people. That's, oh. that's the deal, so unbelievable also i like that he points out it's not sustainable but then he says you know this place is going to fill up and we need to set up more (laughs) yeah yeah and did you you see down in can't make it up did you see down in dc just uh, i forget who did a walk by there's there's 10 cities that's uh that was benny johnson yeah benny johnson yep i believe we have it um we have it somewhere it's just crazy but this is, the, you know, and they complain, oh, my goodness, you can't believe you're shipping them here. Think about the places where they're crossing and just parking themselves. Think about what's happening there in Arizona, in Texas, in California. People don't want them setting up there, but they have no choice. Dana, Dana Loesch says today, hey, Mr. Mayor, what did you think a sanctuary city was? <laughs> exactly. This guy's unbelievable. Oh, here's Benny Johnson in D.C. Roll that, Jay. 
want everyone to see this. This is McPherson Square in Washington, D.C. You should know what a decrepit hole has been created of your nation's capital by this ruling regime. Now, right there is the, right there is the White House, okay? And then across the street from the White House is a tent city. Check it out. It's a literal tent city. I'm going to show you. This is a, a, a single block from the White House grounds. Have you seen this on the news? Anybody showing you this? Maybe that's why Joe Biden was backing up. Huh? This is... Here you go. The squirrel. The squirrel on the... Those are seven-figure apartments right there. And then look, this is what you get to look out at. Right there. You seeing this? Grill. Some other rubbish. In a shopping cart. Look what they've turned your nation's capital into. Squalor. Squalor. Right there. That's the White House grounds. Right there. Right by the tent city. Look at that. Across the street. This is what Joe Biden's created in this nation. It's a sunken place, baby. Sunken place. Total and complete decay. Leftism brings decay. Yeah. And that'll continue to spread around the country in places. And as um, a couple of things here, Stephen Miller, after last night's complete and total public humiliation of Mark Kelly at the hands of Blake Masters, one thing is inescapably clear. If you care about our border at all, the single most important thing you can do is help defeat open borders radical Mark Kelly. The Daily Wire responding to the mayor of New York City. Well, yeah, neither did Texas or Arizona ask for it, but you haven't, you haven't spoken out about it there. You haven't talked to your party about the border there. But now that it's hit home, all of a sudden, oh, we didn't ask for this. Oh, okay. Well, you, but you, you've, you've pushed every policy that would make it, make it acceptable. <laughs> so in a way, you kind of did ask You've for adopted it. every policy that would make it acceptable in New York City. You've pushed for it. You've spoken out about it. You tweeted about it. You ran on it to be able to take office. Oh, under an Adams administration, we're going to sanctuary. We're yeah. going to be a sanctuary city. Okay, here you go. Well, wait a minute. So, I mean, just like Martha's Vineyard. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't really want him here. It's, it's the NIMBY. It's the NIMBY. Not in my backyard. I mean, we can clean our limos, but I mean, come on, we don't really want him here, you oh. know. I don't have to see them when I leave the house. It's for white, rich liberals here, you know. All right, let's do some sports and hear what that is. Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Okay, TMZ Sports with the scoop. Scoop. Dwayne Johnson not running for president. I love being a daddy. Sorry. Oh. Sorry, America. <laughs> Darn it. Hey, listen to the numbers. He was doing pretty good. Dwayne Johnson will not be the next president of the United States because oh. The Rock just slammed the door on a future political run for it the most. It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> Remember the actor and former WWE superstar admitted he was considering running for the job after 46%. Of the people polled in the U.S. favored Johnson for the role. Wrestling stars like The Undertaker. The over who? Yeah, The Undertaker? What do you mean? 46%. Over who? Oprah? Yeah, well, Michelle? Who? 46% said they'd vote for him. There you go. Hacksaw Maybe they Jim meant Duggan? A-Rock. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe they maybe they had a picture of A Rock and he thought it was Biden. Well, it's off the table. Yes, it's off the table. The fifty year old said in a teaser clip of an interview with CBS Sunday morning. I love our country and tell and, and everyone in it. I also love being a daddy. Johnson has three daughters, says he understands the job comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility and we require sacrificing too much family time. I know what it is to uh, be what it's like to be on the road and be so busy that I was absent for a lot of years when my first daughter was growing up. So my number one priority is my daughters. Uh, sure, CEO sounds great, but the uh, number one thing is being a daddy. Uh, so that's it. No no rock in the White House, Big D. Sorry. Uh, He'll always be the Scorpion King, though. He'll always yeah. be the Scorpion King, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. only rock in the White House will be whatever Hunter's cooking up. Wow. Hey, Dad, look at this. Hey. <laughs> Smartest man I know. <laughs> Where's the scale? How much Where's is this? Where's the scale? Where's the scale for my rock? <laughs> Give him the eyebrow. And just one more quick one. Dolphins say to a tug of a low. I know Big D, you're worried about him. He's not traveling this weekend as they go to take on the New York Jets. We're going to have odds makers coming up later. No, I'm not touching that game. But quarterback Tua Tagovailoa remains in concussion protocol. Thank the Lord. And will not travel with the Miami Dolphins for this weekend's game against the Jets. While coach Mike McDaniel also would not give a definitive status on wide receiver Tyreek Hill, who's big on the Dolphins as well. He has an injury and uh, he's on the report, but they're not, they're not saying what his status will be. So that should be an awfully interesting game. I think the Dolphins will beat the Jets even without Tua uh, playing. But uh, we will see uh, what happens with that. Of course, we'll have a report on Monday of all the NFL games. And uh, odds make is coming up in the last segment. And I got my slick Rick rock solid pick for you guys coming up. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. It, it even has a, a rhyme has and a like title. A it's Slick like Rick. Music. Wow. You have like music for this, too. Whoa. Uh, we okay. didn't drum anything up for that just yet, but uh, we'll have something maybe next week. All right. We're going right. to have the pick for this week. Hey, speaking of that, how's that intro for um? what What are we calling your segment? Slick uh, Rick's Kicks? Slick Rick's, Rick's yeah. Kicks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, gee, how's that, um, how's that intro coming? <laughs> Is it... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're trying to figure out who who was supposed to be working. I thought you were doing it. I thought I, I thought it was you. Oh, okay. All right, Damon, sure how about you do it? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure, it'll be here. Well, Damon week. foots the bill, so <laughs> next week. So, <laughs> so no one's doing it. That's why you don't have it. <laughs> Real funny, friend. All right, let's do some news. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on? Well, I don't know where to jump to, but I'll I'll jump to this one. Well, how about Pro- the news? Well, this one from just the news. How about that? A private consortium that played a major role in censoring social media content during the 2020 election has acknowledged a new. Uh, it collaborated closely with two federal cabinet agencies and state local election officials on the project and said most of its requests to big tech came from its own research. The Election Integrity Partnership issued a lengthy statement on Wednesday after a series of reports by Just the News on the breadth of its efforts to censor purported misinformation, which impacted nearly 22 million tweets, 4,800 URLs, 20 news organizations, and several lawmakers and candidates. Unfortunately, not everything written or said on TV about us has been correct, they said, uh, claiming the consortium's researchers, including students, have received threatening emails and social media messages. It denied that the consortium ever attempted to do fact checks or decide what is real or misinformation as opposed to identifying attempted election interference and delegitimization delegitimization of results the humper lap the hunter by laptop sorry for example is not in the scope of its project so again that was just dealing with uh election misinformation and working with the feds what could possibly go wrong 
meaningless. Don't worry about it. Yeah. All right, live from Studio 6B, we're back. News, crazy town, odds makers, all coming up. Thirty minutes past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Friday night. Glad you've been in. Glad you've been a part of the show. Those of you who watch each and every night, we really appreciate it. Obviously, as always, Gio Fran holding it down. Rick Delgado doing news. Rick Amirati doing sports. Paul's off tonight. Uh, so a bunch of stuff to get to here, including Crazy Town with one of the best openings maybe ever. <laughs> one of the best openings ever. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't take long. Gio says, "I'm going to pull Biden for Crazy Town." I said, "Okay." And I'm working in my office. He's the office next door. And I hear him laughing in the first three seconds. I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know how he started watching it at this point. <laughs> well, he barely had. That's, all, that's, that's, that's how long it took. So we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so a friend of, real friend of the show, the first guest we ever had is, on Live from Studio 6B. What is, what is that supposed to mean? You know what it means. Real, get, real friend of the show, first guest we ever had, legitimate guest, was the great Michael Knowles. From the Daily Wire, when his book came out, Reason to Vote for Democrats, which is 153 blank pages. Um, he has a very interesting theory that he came out with today, I believe, on the Michael J. Knowles show. And this is it. The gaff-prone Biden administration gave Americans a potential glimpse into the future this week when the president gave a joint press conference with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and allowed DeSantis to speak from a lectern bearing the presidential seal. When I first saw the photos of President DeSantis going viral, my first thought was that some poor schlub on the White House advance team was probably having a very, very unpleasant afternoon, probably getting chewed out by Biden's chief of staff for the gaffe that framed DeSantis as a potential future president. But then something even stranger happened. Biden complimented DeSantis. What the governor's done is pretty remarkable, Biden said. I think he's done a good job. We worked hand in glove. We have very different political philosophies, but we've worked hand in glove. Now, DeSantis has done a terrific job on hurricane preparation and recovery, so I am sure in part Biden just wants to associate himself with that success. If you can't beat him, join him. But that does not explain why Biden would be so effusive in his praise. Certainly was not because Biden is sincere or gives credit where credit is due. This is the same guy who told voters toast Mitt Romney wanted to put them back in chains. Joe Biden is a mean, nasty partisan. So why is he being so nice to DeSantis? The lectern might have been an accident. The public praise suggests to me a strategy. Seems to me Biden and his team at least his team, I don't know if Biden makes any of these decisions himself, but at least the team has made a conscious decision to build up Ron DeSantis. And it makes perfect sense. DeSantis is currently the biggest threat to Joe Biden's biggest threat, who is Donald Trump. As Democrat policies plunge America into poverty, chaos, and possibly even World War III, the best shot the Democrats have at retaining power is to divide the Republicans. 
And again, I'm not saying anything about Trump or DeSantis in a general election. I'm just saying, you look at the polls, Trump is at the top of the heap by a long shot. DeSantis is the number two guy. So the best way the Democrats can divide Republicans is to egg on a Trump-DeSantis shooting match as early as possible. You're already seeing some sniping around the periphery. As Democrats get more desperate, expect surprisingly kind words for the governor of Florida. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think of that, Delgado? It seems like he may be uh, due for a brand new uh, tinfoil hat. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> it we, could be. We've been, sa- we've been saying that you haven't seen much coverage of what's going on in Florida because the governor is doing a good job. Of course, yeah. if he was... If it was a disaster down there, or things, they'd be pouncing on anything they could, you would figure. But uh, what do you think of that, Emirati? You, you buying into the uh, if you can't beat them, join them thing? I think there's uh, definitely a divide and conquer strategy perhaps going on there in the Biden camp. And uh, I, I think we're onto something here with Michael Knowles. Hmm. I don't know. That's, I don't yeah, know. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure either, to be uh, honest. I'm not sure. The presidential I seal, I think, was a gaffe. I really yeah. think that was just purely a gaffe. It was a real makeshift type of setup, and that happened. I could see that, but I don't know. There might be something there. See, see, and, and then there's the part of me that says, okay, you know, what Michael says there makes sense. But then I go back to, well, who is Joe Biden? He's a politician. He's a pretend tough guy. He would never say anything out of step in front of Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis would clean his clock on the podium. I don't think he's a pretend tough guy. He'll, he'll say, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's trying to kill those people in Florida. He gets out of Florida. Oh, he's doing a great job. Oh, look at this guy. Yeah, pretend tough guy. I don't know if that's the strategy. Maybe that's the strategy they're going to start to roll out. It's an idea. I don't know how far it'll get because, you know, I don't know, I don't know if they've paid attention, but uh, you know, the, the policies of both Trump and DeSantis pretty much go hand in hand. So you're not really going to get a lot of daylight there. And DeSantis is already on record saying, you know what, if he's running, I'm not, I'm not running. I've got a job here to do in Florida. And he's, and he's just about to be reelected. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Interesting. Curious. It's a busy but not precocious type of uh, theory, but whatever. Let's ask, uh, let's ask Joe what he thinks if he's got time to answer a question here. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, here's the, here's uh, speaking of him doing the reporter thing. Here here he is leaving the White House today. His reporters are trying to ask him about this Armageddon comment from oh, last my night. Goodness. Cut one. Here, here's Joe today. Explain this to me. Putin, here he goes. Sir. I gotta get away. Gotta go. Look at this guy. I gotta go. He's got the Trotskys. I gotta go. I mean, <laughs> he's running from the Armageddon. <laughs> it's the Trots. Well, he had to get on the helicopter on his way to where was he speaking today, G? Uh, some Volvo factory. I forget where. All right, so he had to run to the helicopter so he could make sure that he was prepared to give his speech. Because when you give these speeches, you want to make sure that um, you get off on the right foot. You have to, you know, yeah. your first impression yeah. is everything. Is everything. Yeah. It lets people know that you've got it together, that mm-hmm. you're ready to, 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 to lay it on them here. Here's what I'm here to talk about. And you, you want to come out of the gate strong. Yeah, you with, want, you mean want, what you say. You want the crowd on your side. Crazy Town G from today. Roll it. 
me start off with two words. Made in America. Two <laughs> words. Made Come on. in America. Come on. That's not hyperbole. I'm not no, that's, about that's that. No, that's incorrect. Stop. That's what that is. So just stop front. it. I gotta stop. I, I don't think I've ever stopped the crazy Come stuff. on. That's that's like I uh, uh We're being punked, right? Are we being punked? Gee, Where's... I heard you laughing and I said to myself, what is he laughing at already? And then you said to me, how does this guy take three <laughs> seconds to screw up? This is the first thing that he says. It's he literally out. the first thing he says. He says it's the first thing he says. He says, it, I want to start. Let me start with. Let me start with two words. <laughs> and made on, in America. It's on all the signs around him in the room. <laughs> <laughs> There's one well, right behind Yeah, him. but, but Fran. At one point he would have been like. Fran, to be honest, look, they put made in on one line. That's like one word because America's the next word. <laughs> All right, restart. Here we go. Crazy town. Where's Roll. Ashton Kutcher? I think we're being punked by this. <laughs> Come on, Joe. Start us off, baby. Two words. <laughs> two words. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. <laughs> two words. Made in America. I got two words That's for you, Joe, and it's not happy I'm not birthday. I'm joking about that, as you know. <laughs> I want to say up front, and the management here is, understands, and I'm proud of them. I'm a union guy. What I've seen happen you now just can't read. is they're figuring out, everybody's figuring out, that the supply chain said? and only on time purchases is a big problem. Now we're figuring it out. If it's made in America, we're going to invent it in America. It's made in America. People don't even realize made in America, it's been how in America, much it's cement, in America. the ordinary <laughs> way it's made, it's in causes environmental problems. A lot of things have been tough, and they're still tough for many. We've already created, we've already created over 628 or 38,000 uh, manufacturing jobs since I've been president. <laughs> I don't know about you, but as my dad used to say, people just are worrying about getting putting three squares on the table every day and not having to deal with all the politics that are going on and all the all the, so <laughs> who you know the names of these <laughs> these pieces of legislation. Well, the major article in a major major publication yesterday from the from yeah. industry that's generating 1.7 billion dollars in investment. Because guess what? We give a tax credit to somebody, and guess what? Companies want to build that product. Build that product because it's going a billion seven hundred million dollars. This is United States of America, for God's sake. Who reads numbers like well, that? Well, the bill I produced, I introduced, said we're going to reduce the cost of insulin. We're making it possible for families to save thousands of dollars in energy savings in the legislation we have. Just said it's going to bring a trillion seven off the market and investing in other jobs these are facts check them out not a joke yeah not a joke. a joke not a joke not, not a, a joke. joke i saw there's a report you guys can as they say check them out as my grandkids say google it but the report that came out oh cnn it says can you see republicans this? call like, hold it up. like anybody can read that socialism and then they ask for the money Rand paul i go down the list Look it up. Socialism. <laughs> I don't know there are that many socialist Republicans. Think about it. I'm, I'm serious. I know you're serious. serious. That's the scary part. It. And I realize costs are going up on food and 
I was able to bring gasoline down well over $1.60, but it's, it's oh. inching up because of what the Russians and, and oh, the Saudis the Russians are at it again. I'm not finishing that. Crafty Russians. This isn't a referendum. It's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice between two very different ways of looking at the, at, 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 at the economy. You got over 200 and some people in the Congress who still think 200. the last election wasn't fair, that there was stolen. I stole the election. Even though every major Republican judge in the Supreme Court said, no, no, there's no evidence of any of that. Yeah. None. But I stole the election. When in fact you have, when, 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 you, when you have, in fact you're in a situation where, you know, a group now, of people off the rails. attack the Capitol like we've never seen, smash down the doors, go after people, have three cops end up dying, yeah, so on and so forth. Again. Let me close this. Oh, folks. The lying. Nothing's beyond the capacity if we work together. So that's my hope. <laughs> that the election will be a little re return to sanity. We'll stop this bitterness that exists between the parties. His medicine. I stole the election. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh wow. What a train wow. wreck. Wow. Oh. He was coming down oh, off of whatever they had. What a man. train wreck. Oh, man. What, Made in America. Really, he knows how to start out of the blocks. He really knows how to take it home, man. Yeah. <laughs> the big, big finish. He, he started with the big, you know, he, uh, it's great. You open up the, the speech with a joke like that, you know? Yeah. It's a joke. You're getting the crowd on your he side. He wasn't joking. He wasn't joking? Not a joke. Not a joke. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you. He's great with numbers. Dog. Dynamite. Who reads like that? One trillion seven hundred billion. And then, and then we took one one point seven trillion off the table. from Studio 6B, 13 to the hour on a Friday. Going to wrap it up, but before we do, it is time now to do our Friday Odds Makers. And here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. Slick Rick, here we go, Odds Makers. For a week five in the NFL, week six college football will start in college. Slick Rick, pick number one. Okay, NCAA Division One. We got Tennessee visiting LSU at Tiger Stadium, 12 noon. And I spoke to Rick. He's got a vested interest in Tennessee, we know. And he volunteered that they're going to win. Oh, <laughs> oh, Take it, Tennessee. Volunteer. Tennessee minus three on the road, ranked eighth at 4-0. LSU, a, a, a week 4-1. Um, Tennessee minus three on the road. Who's the pick, Slick Rick? I'm definitely, I'm going with Tennessee. All right, Tennessee minus three over LSU is pick number one. Oh, man, you and Rick, this is going to be a real tension convention in here on Monday if Tennessee doesn't get the job done. No doubt. 
All right, what's pick number two? Oh, we got a primetime game, 8 p.m., Alabama, Texas A&M at the uh, Bryant-Dooley Stadium in Alabama, Big D. And I am going with... Bama, I'm going to lay the points. Right now, I have their laying 24 over Texas A&M. You have the same number? I do. 24 it is. I'm laying the chalk. I think Bama comes out. Bryce Young or not at quarterback, I think they have a big day. They want to make a statement. They fell to number, uh, what is that, number two. So they want to make it. They want to, uh, no, number, they are number one, right? They're number one because they beat Ohio, Ohio State's not number two. And uh, so that's that game. So All right, game you, number, so game two is Alabama minus 24. Let's go game number three. Okay, you Another 8 p.m. primetime game. NC State visiting uh, or taking on Florida State. Uh, this is at the Carter Finley Stadium. So NC State, I'm going to take them laying three. Laying three. Both teams are four and one. NC State is at home laying three. So you're taking the Wolfpack. Number 14, Wolfpack. You got NC it. NC State over FSU, Florida State. All right, what's game number four? The last game for game number four, 3.30 p.m. Number seven, Oklahoma State laying nine and a half over Texas Tech at Boone Pickens Stadium in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, big D. Oklahoma State 4-0 at home. Texas Tech coming in at only 3-2. Oklahoma State laying 9. Total here is 67, so the odds makers think there's going to be a lot of points, and you're taking Oki State laying the chalk again? Give me the Cowboys. I'm taking them all the way. Oklahoma State minus 9 is pick number 4. All right, so there's your four college picks from Slick Rick. Let's go to the NFL. Week 5, Slick Rick, what's pick number 1? All right, well, we're going to go right over the pond. London, England, 9.30 a.m. Brunch Early game. Early game. Yeah. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, England. And uh, you know what? This is going to be my Slick Rick rock solid (laughs) pick of the week. It's a new segment to uh, Elephant 6B. Ready? Hey, it's five words, Big D. So it's a SRRSP is going to be the acronym for this. And give me Green Bay. I'm taking the cheese head off some cheese on my brunch omelet, and I'm going with Green Bay laying eight over the G-Men. Well, you're laying nine. Oh, I got eight in my book. Oh, no, 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 no. Green Bay. Uh, they're going to win nine. by ten anyway. Give me the nine. That's fine. It's still a Slick Rick solid pick. Give, it, give me the nine. All right. The All right. Slick Rick solid pick of the week is Green Bay minus nine over the Giants in the early 9.30 a.m. Eastern time game from London. That's right. Joe Biden thinks the um, the Queen's throwing out the first pitch in that game. So, all right, what's game number two? <laughs> well, we're going to go to, you know, my one of my favorite cities, my home away from home. I know you're not crazy about Minneapolis, but I love that city. Good people there. And uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, give me the Vikings at 1 p.m. Over the Chicago Bears, the wheels are off. You know I love laying the chalk. Give me the Vikes, Kirk Cousins, and lay the seven. Seven and a half. Ah, come on. <laughs> That's what the line is. I had Minnesota seven. Minnesota laying seven and a half, three. And one at home over the over the bears. Yeah, All right, bears. that's All pick right. number two. What's number three? All right, well, I'm getting on the Lions bandwagon. They can't get it done, but they're not doing a bad job, job as far as covering. And uh, at 1 p.m., they're going up to Gillette Stadium, New England. Weather should be good, so that won't impact the game. Uh, give me the Lions. Getting three. Look at that. I'm taking points, Big D. Get over the three. Patriots. Okay, very good. Detroit plus three over New England. Game number three. What's game number four? Last but not least, of course, you know I like to bet the primetime game. Sunday Night Football, 
Bowl, 820, M&T Bank Stadium down in Baltimore. You know three what? Three and a half. I'm telling you right now before you even tell me who you take it. It's three and a half. Okay, three and a half. And I'm going to lay the chalk once again. Give me, them, give me the Ravens over the Bengals. Lamar Jackson, hey, it's a contract year for him. He's going to be looking to make a statement. I think Joe Burrow is, uh, well, I think he's going to be burrowing out of the town with that team because they don't look too good, the Bengals, anymore. They're defending AFC champions. So, yes, give me the Ravens. Laying the three and a half. 20 grand on the line, Big D. 10 in the NCAA and 10 in the NFL. All right, Baltimore minus three and a half is game number four. That's your odds makers for a week five in the NFL. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Wow. I like that. Slick Rick, solid pick. That's a new new, new thing yeah. each week. I like that. It was very snazzy. Had the intro all ready to go. Yeah. I think that that could use some music there, Fran and Gio. Hey, G, uh, get, my, um, get my new favorite song up just before we can end the show with that. <laughs> Anything else in news? Uh, there's a few things out there I think you might find interesting. You, you spoke about the the Armageddon comment that, of course, uh, the president had. Uh, but this one should really uh, put a crink into uh, the young lady I spoke about earlier. I'm talking about Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, as a New York federal judge, young lady. has temporarily blocked large parts of her brand new gun restriction law. Yeah, we, allows- said we, we called this to happen. Yeah. Here we go. That uh, the, the advocacy, advocacy group Gun Owners of America have pursued through legal challenges to that legislation. Chief Judge Glenn Sutterby for the U.S. District Court of Northern District of New York issued the order but said it would not take effect for three more days to allow the state to appeal the ruling. Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul, of course, she signed the measure into law following several high-profile mass shootings. Uh, the law went into effect September 1st and requires a review of social media accounts which is unconstitutional, before an individual can obtain a firearms license. It also created a list of public and private locations into which gun owners uh, with concealed carry permits can no longer bring a gun with those in violation subject to a felony charge, of which none of those people in New York City have been charged yet. Um I guess they don't look for the illegal guns. Other changes under the new law regarding concealed carry include applicants being subject to firearm training and an in-person interview. And among the places which permitted concealed guns can no longer be brought into Times Square, bars, libraries, schools, government buildings, hospitals, subway stations, basically any place in the state of New York. All right, G, fire it up. My favorite new song of the week, the highlight of the week. Roll it. My mind's going blank now. <laughs> what happened to the video? Yeah. My mind's going blank He's just now. playing. He's focusing it. on you. <laughs> He's playing it with your face there. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Oh, there you go. Alright, that's good. I just want one more reminder of that is my new favorite <laughs> yeah. song. Plus it gets so. into your head and you, you're tapping. Oh, yeah. Toe to the weekend. Yes. So uh, one other thing I want to bring your attention to, and again, this is why we hate the media. So uh, there's this image going around of what's supposed to be a downtrodden Governor DeSantis with Biden there. You see this? This is the no, photo that keeps the photo that keeps going around over here. You see DeSantis, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, look at the residents with the president. They're so happy. So here's the actual footage. Oh boy. Of the uh, what happened. And just look at how they come up with the picture. This there is, he is. This is. He's talking to people. He's yeah. Look, 
shaking hands, saying goodbye to somebody. Okay, let's walk. Away. His wife there. Yeah. So that, that's what actually happened, and that's the picture they come up with. <laughs> that's why you can't trust the media. Is wow. that unbelievable? It's nope. totally believable. Totally. It's, exa- it's totally. exactly what we would expect. That's right. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody on this show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience, for a great week. I want to thank Marjorie Taylor Greene. I want to thank David Zier. I want to thank everybody involved over at the America's First Warehouse, the great Harry Oates, as always. We'll see you on uh, Monday, even though it's Labor Day. We'll be here live, 8 o'clock, live from Studio 6 Columbus Day. Excuse me. We'll be there on Monday. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend, everybody.